Good morning on this Thursday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you actually stop and consider what I have just said, Food for Thought and for the Imagination, we are a created being capable of thinking, having thought, and also having imagination. We have a mind, whether it's identified in the Old Testament by one word or in the New Testament by another, and it is part of our soul. The, the soul is that living part of us that extends and has emotion. It has will or willpower. And uh, it is part of us. It is so tightly knit with our spirit that the word of God, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, is the only one that can actually separate and distinguish and divide what is spirit, what is human spirit, and what is soul. But it also can divide what is intention and what is thought. So when you stop and think about that, we're a very complex uh, individual. Uh, human beings are very, very complex, both physically and spiritually. But yet God, in His marvelous works, created us wonderfully. Uh, everything about us and everything in us was to work in harmony, our spirit, our soul, and our physical body. Our spirit being the master and the ruler and the soul uh, being the servant dictating the, the wishes of the spirit, the human spirit, and of course uh, our body being a slave to obey. But when man fell, things were reversed. The, the body became basically the dominant character. The soul now was the one that was deciding and uh, making the motions of what we were going to do. This is brought out by Paul in the book of uh, Ephesians. He brings it out very, very clearly in chapter 2 when he talks about the way that we used to be. Not the way that we are as Christians, but the way that we used to be. He describes the life of an individual in this manner, he says, In past times, we walked according to the course of this world. We walked according to the age of this cosmos. Meaning, whoever's in control of the cosmos is the one that's in control of what's going on. Now, God is in control of everything. But we're just talking the cosmos, not the whole universe, not the whole existence of everything. In past times, we walked according to that. We walked according to the prince of the power of the air. He is the prince of the authority of the air. He is the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. In verse number 3, chapter 2, Among whom also we had our behavior in past times. Our behavior was according to the influence of the course of this age that we live in, or the age that others have lived in, and according to what was happening in the cosmos. Uh, you could go back uh, uh, 2,000 years, they didn't have telephones, televisions, uh, they didn't have radios, they didn't have any of the technology that we have today. Back then, the course of that age and the course of the world were very different than what they are today. But nonetheless, the same spirit of the power of the air, the authority of the air, is the same one that now works in us, that worked in them. 
And that affected our behavior in past times. And in past times, that involved the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath. So that includes the mind. Now, the reason I'm kind of establishing a little background here is to help us understand the importance of the use of the mind in the life of an individual Christian. Uh, the mind cannot be switched off and turned off. It must be actively working in the life of the believer to weigh reasons, to weigh things out, not just simply turn them off and hey, well, you know, that's uh, the way the world thinks and I'm just going to let my mind be blank. But we actually have to have the capacity to reason. And that is brought out in the scripture uh, very clearly in the book of Hebrews. We had read in chapter 4, according to the Word of God, that the Word of God is able to divide and separate uh, in the life of a believer that which is and that which is not. That which is truth, that which is uh, uh, life, that which is good, that which is evil. Now, this is brought out a little bit more. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 5, in verse 12, it says, When for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need someone to teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And you're become such as have need of, need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But notice verse 14, it says, But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, they're mature, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Who by reason, that means through the act of, we we decide that we are going to think a certain way. Now, this is a very important word, uh, uh, reason of use, because reason also involves our capacity to love God with all our mind. Not part of it, but all of it. Somehow or another, I'm concerned that some Christians turn off their brain when it comes to the things of God, that they turn off their brain and don't relate and associate and correlate things that are both natural and things that are spiritual and and grasp an understanding of that. Uh, sometimes we deal with just the spiritual aspect. We become so spiritually minded that we're absolutely something uh, absent, absent in mind when it comes to the natural things. Uh, uh, let me give you an example. Let's say, okay, God blesses, God God, God can open doors, God can do miracles and things, things like that. So I'm going to switch off my mind and this is what I'm going to do. My brain is not going to need to function. Since I believe that God can do those things, I'm no longer going to control my spending. I'm not going to watch how I spend my checkbook, my credit cards. Anyway, God is going to bless me and God is going to provide a way. Now, where in the world did we cast 
off our mind and come up with an idea like that to tempt him and to put him in a place where we want to force God to pay our credit cards just simply because we were careless. We were careless in being good stewards. So that is what I mean by we switch off our brain in many things. So it is important for us to understand that when we're studying the scripture, that our mind be totally engaged. When we're in a service, that our mind be totally engaged. When we're in worship, that our mind be engaged. Just not our spirit, but our mind too. Because we worship God with just how we love him. We worship him with all our strength, with all our might, with all our soul, with all our heart, with everything. Well, let's look at some verses here on waiting to help us understand that. In Psalm 106, verse 13, they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel. In other words, it seems like they switched off their brain and decided we're going to do it without God's direction. We're going to do it without God's help. In this case, I'm going to do it by my way, my reasoning abilities. Or let's look at Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. Remember, that means to be uh, to bind yourself or be to uh, take a, a twine and twist it together. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. In his word do I wait. Depending on what translation you're reading, it could say, do I hope. But stop and think about this. My soul involves my will. It involves my mind. It involves my emotions. So when it says, I wait for the Lord and my soul does wait, exact same word that is being used for waiting for the Lord is the same word that is used for my soul waits. That means that my mind has to be actively engaged. Engaged in what? In God's word. Imagination has a great part to do with this. Meditation has a great part to do with this. Reasoning and discerning has a great part to do with this. My soul does wait in his word. Do I wait? Do I hope in his word? Stop and think about that. How many of us really take the word of God and analyze it with comparing scripture with scripture and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring to our memory, to our mind, to our understanding the things that God has spoken that we are either unaware of or have forgotten. And all of a sudden, we have a little chain that begins to form, a little link with another link, another link. And then the word of God all of a sudden begins to become a fortress and fortify in my heart and in my mind, it becomes a stronghold of God where the enemy is not going to be able to penetrate with his fiery darts. But if I do not take my mind and my understanding and my reasoning capacities to analyze these things and I just simply shut down and, 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 and hope that things are going to work out simply because I made a decision apart from the counsel of God or I made a decision apart from waiting on God 
or I made a decision that is contrary to the Word of God. We cannot expect results of what we have imagined and thought in favor of us if we are totally contrary to His Word, to His counsel, and to what He is saying to us by His Spirit. We have to be able to take our mind and look at what He has said and take all of that and analyze the Word of God for what it is, the Word of God. I'm not talking about analyzing it whether it's true or not. I'm not analyzing it whether, you know, they made a mistake somewhere when they were interpreted. I'm talking about analyzing the Word of God where it intertwines. It's twisted into your soul. It's twisted into your mind. It's twisted into your emotions. And it becomes part of them. So that when your soul is waiting, sometimes the emotions may be emotions of, of gladness, of happiness. Sometimes may, they may be emotions of contriteness uh, and, and sorrow or sadness. But nonetheless, my soul is bound to his word. It's tied to his word. And as it is bound and tied to his word, it strengthens my emotions. It strengthens my mind. It strengthens my will. Jesus, with, with the scripture says, with strong cries, you know, cried out unto God if it was possible for that cup to pass. It wasn't that he was, he was uh, 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 weary and he didn't want. It, it was basically the binding of God's will to his will, the binding of God's word to his purpose for why he was there. And as he waited and waited, he finally said, Okay, guys, it's time to get up. My hour is come. See, all of this happened because physically his body was waiting. But also his soul was waiting. And an angel actually had to come. Because it was nigh unto death to strengthen him. And to strengthen his physical body. And then of course his spirit also had to be encouraged. Because of what was about to happen. What he was about to face. And there's so much more that we can add to this. Uh, join us tomorrow. We'll continue along this line. The purpose of waiting with our soul. And tying our soul unto the Lord with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, if that's the way we love Him, then that's the way that we have to also wait for Him. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. We'll pick up again tomorrow along these lines. But until then, keep looking up our Redeemer and redemption. Draweth near. The Lord richly and fully bless you in His precious mighty name. Amen.